All right, I'm Dan, and welcome to the Stage Fright Podcast, where we talk mental health while working in creative industries. Today on the show, I'm talking to Adam Knowles. So I spent three years on Slipknot. Which... Three years on Slipknot. Yeah. We talk about roadie life behind the curtain. It can be very isolating, and that gets hard. At that point, I debated quitting the industry, going back to my day job. And how a roadie could adapt to find work through the pandemic. Film work is so dull. Yeah. <laughs> like, you build a screen, and then you have to sit and babysit it. Being thrown in at the deep end. I was doing Rob Zombie's tour, and the second show was download, headlining second stage. <laughs> And you've seen a day in the life of that session guy, and now you're going to hear a day in the life of a roadie. On a work day, you get off the bus, then what? So get off the bus, try and find a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) He talks about working with some of the biggest names in music. That's one thing I do find very strange is the artists I used to listen to as a kid, and now I'm working with them. We talk life on the road. Because everyone else would be looking at your Instagram stories and going, whoa, look at that. It's amazing. I've been to Oslo three times, and I've never left the venue. And sharing stories about some of the characters we find on tour. This is a nice guy, Justin Timberlake story. you can bleep it yeah Yeah, i'll bleep it it. you're listening to the stage fright podcast here's adam knowles like stands and stuff you can just yeah buy and just sort of break and then it's fine like yeah yeah. there's there are stands that you can get that if you keep them in good condition Mm. they're awesome if you don't like over tighten them or whatever if you just like tighten them up as they do they last forever like stag do um mic stands and they're like 11 quid for a large mic stand and they're so good if you don't go too far with the thread, as soon as you yeah, go too far, you fucked, fucked it. It's, yeah. it's done. I think I've still got an old like tripod lighting stand in the back of my car. Have you? I, just, I haven't used it in years. Just it's just there. It anyway, yeah. <laughs> That's what interested me in getting you on the show is because I haven't seen you for ages. I'm yeah. here with Adam Knowles, by the way. So I'll let him talk about what he does in a minute. But the last time I saw you, you were a photographer. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I used to be. That's how I started. And then I saw you in town like two months ago and you're like, oh no, I'm doing something else now. So if you'd like to explain what you actually do. So I'm a, technically terms, I'm a roadie. Yeah. But more specifically, I'm a video technician in like on major tours and things. And I do LED work and camera work. Oh, awesome. So all the big screens you see on stage, I build those. Oh, amazing. And then when you go to say Glastonbury or arena shows things like that and you see those big screens on the side where they're live filming it yeah i film that as well oh awesome yeah so you still do a bit of camera work not really well i do the the live camera work but like photography side i haven't taken a photo in years really why why the change it just was sort of a natural progression oh really then yeah because because i used to photograph all the bands in town yeah do that on like gig nights and, and there's loads like of money in that oh yeah there's loads of money yeah <laughs> i always wanted that to be a stepping stone to this i always wanted to oh, be did you? yeah i always wanted to be a roadie um just didn't know how to do it because there's no like oh you do this course and then you become a roadie yes. yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, more yeah. like there's none of that i spent years just building up contacts of like this person does this this person does this yeah and then it eventually sort of oh, happened awesome. but when i was touring i was for the first year or so i took all my cameras with me yeah. And I was like, oh, days off, I'm going to go take photos. And, yeah. and I was so knackered. Yeah. Just never did. <laughs> yeah. And then I was just lugging all this camera equipment around on tour and just thought, you know what? Sod this. Like, a friend of mine's a sports photographer and he was like, can I borrow your kit for something? It's like, sure. Lent it to him. Never got it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so <laughs> he bought it off me in the end. Of that. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you actually managed to at least sell your camera yeah, it's yeah. not like sat at home doing no, nothing so i basically shifted a lot of it over to my mate and he used it non-stop for years until yeah yeah oh that's mega 
So who, what, what kind of bands are you working on at the minute? Uh, so I spent three years on Slipknot. Which, three years on Slipknot. Yeah, that was a. So it started. Out, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, so that started 2019, like end of 2019. I had got a call going on. Oh, can you come to America for this Slipknot show or tour? I was like, cool, yeah, brilliant. This is awesome. Yeah. And then that tour was going on for years, and mm-hmm. then COVID happened. Ah. So I sat home for a year doing nothing. On retainer? No. Not on retainer? No. If anyone's listening don't know what on retainer means, it means the band still pay you for days off. And, you know, if they have a week off in, in the middle of a tour, they'll pay you a retainer so you can't go off and do any other work. Yeah. Or you usually, can go off and do other work, but you have to be back for day one. You have to be available. Yeah, have to but be available. it's usually a percentage of your actual rate. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. Cool. It depends on the band. Some people, some bands get full retainer. Like, yeah, just on just but, wage. Just, yeah, effectively. Yeah, just but wage, I yeah. wasn't at that level with the crew at the time. Uh, so yeah, COVID happened, and I think everybody that was on retainer basically got told their retainers were stopping after oh, a certain shit. point because they didn't know what was happening. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. I was booked on Slipknot for the whole of 2020. We had multiple tours going out, yeah. and then the whole thing got cancelled, obviously because of COVID. Yeah. So I ended up doing a bit of film work. I worked on the Pinocchio movie. Oh, did you? Disney, yeah, I did oh, a cool. little bit on that. That was random. Like that was like film work. It's so dull. Yeah. <laughs> like you build a screen and then you have to sit and babysit it. Yeah, so you just yeah, sit yeah. there for 12 hours a day in a yeah. freezing cold warehouse going, I suppose I'm not on my sofa. But. And you, yeah, you're not on your sofa and you've got to basically just be there in case something happens with the screen. You can just do a quick two minute fix. Yeah, if you, fix and it. you know, if you, if you go, oh yeah, I won't go in tomorrow morning. They'll be fine. You know, oh, something like that that's something's going to happen. Because I sat around one of the days on that job. I sat around all day and moved one cable. <laughs> and some guy started moving my cables. Like, no, 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 no. I'm doing that. Let me do something. And then touring started coming back, and I got a call going. Oh, right, we're going back out to Slipknot. Sweet, awesome. So jumped on that, and then most of last year did Slipknot, and then yeah. Oh, that's but, awesome. Yeah, but I've done. I'm waiting to go on. I go on Chris Brown this weekend. Oh dear. Cool. Yeah, that's two months. Yeah, and then I've done loads. I've done Drake, Lincoln Park, Plum of Faith, Nickelback. Oh, like, amazing! Yeah, it's all so just I, a bit mental. Because I used to work for a PA company called Scan, mm. and they did the huge. They did Biffy, Take That, all that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I kind of know what it is like to be that side of it backstage, and it is very boring. Oh, yes. <laughs> so what's a what's a typical day like for you? Uh, at the, we'll, we'll talk about what you're doing at the minute because you're doing nothing at the minute. So yeah. we'll talk about that in a sec. But on a work day, you get off the bus, then what? So get off the bus, try and find a toilet. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, try and find one, yeah. No shitting on the bus. No, <laughs> no shitting on the bus. One. That's rule number one. Um, yeah, so get up. Get, so say we have to be ready, our truck's tipping at, say, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I get up at 7, get sorted, brush my teeth, grab a quick bit of breakfast from catering. Yeah. Tip the truck. Start loading all of our kit off the truck. Start building everything. Yeah. You have to sort of work around other departments. It might be sound, slow. Sound crew getting in the way. <laughs> ah, you guys just turn up late. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you, guys, you guys aren't the problem. You yeah. guys aren't there. <laughs> like, yeah. Ooh, your PAs. Are the, like, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've got a story about a PA stack always falling. That was terrifying. Oh, wow. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. We'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah, and then so we'll build all of our stuff. So bear in mind, this is eight, nine, ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and depending on how big the show is, you might have a loading day the day before. You mm-hmm. might have a full day to get it all loaded in. Yeah. Or it might be you're in that day, show that night, out that night. 
So the, it, the bands you work for, do they have two rigs? No, do they have it an depends. Are you traveling tours with A and B rigs? Yeah, um, that gets a bit complicated. So an A and B rig will have you will have, say Monday you'll do a gig with the A rig, and then that will then travel to Wednesday show because mm-hmm. it's a further distance, and then Tuesday yeah. you'll do B rig. But there's always bits that you need in both rigs, so you end up having to remember to take yeah bits, take out, bits out. Yeah, but a lot of times it's we'll use Slipknot as example. That would be one set. Roll it in, put it all together, build the flown screens that are in the air, build the set because that's got LED in it as well, mm-hmm. put all that together, flash out the system, make sure it's all working. Usually on that one, we were done by two, three in the afternoon. Yeah. Go to sleep. Yeah. Have a nap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, um, food, have, have a nap. Yeah. The food on those shows are always, I always found with like Glastonbury, especially, the, the, the lunch would be like a full lasagna. Oh, yeah. And you'll that, be like, yeah, I'm hungry. And then you'll eat this lasagna. You'll be like, yeah, I feel amazing. Then an hour later, you're like, I really need a sleep. Yeah, now. so I've, I've sort of way stopped too much. doing that. So <laughs> yeah, it used so to be hard. like when I first started, oh, I'll have the full English breakfast and then mm. I'll have the lasagna for lunch. And then it would be like stew and dumplings for dinner. And yeah, now it's eat. like, I'll skip breakfast. I'll have a sandwich maybe at lunchtime. Yeah. And then I'll have it. <laughs> like, yeah. Because you just get a bit slog, sluggish. Yeah, right? you do get so sluggish. And yeah, especially because like, the days are very hurry up and wait. It's like, yeah. we need this here now, now, now. And you do it. And then they go, cool, yeah, we'll see you in four hours. Yeah, when exactly. We need your next job. Because then like, wake up for your nap in the afternoon, do the show. Mm-hmm. As soon as the show finishes and the crowd leave, you just descend on the set and start taking it yeah, all apart. Yeah. Get it all apart. Get it back in the cases, back on the truck. Have a shower. Get on the bus. Off to the next place. Yeah. Sleep on the bus. Sleep on the bus, which I'm terrible at. I quite liked it. It's like being rocked to sleep. This is what a lot of people say, whereas I can't sleep on the bus. It's the, it's too loud and it's my, moving. And... My problem is I'm six foot two on those buses. Yeah. So it, it, my head is normally sticking out the curtain. The, yeah. And Some you get an buses, elbow in the face, you know. Yeah, morning. you'll get that. Or there's someone snoring. There's or... someone snoring. Yeah, that's that's fine. You can put headphones on. But I yeah, was on they're... a tour bus once where one bloke had sleep apnea, but he didn't have that mask thing they'd use. So I just woke What's up. sleep apnea? Isn't that the one? I think it's the one where like, you just stop breathing randomly in your sleep. Oh. I might be wrong on that, but yeah. Oh, I don't know. But that. I Jesus. got woken up in the middle of the night by this dude sounding like the exorcist. And it scared the <gasps> no shit way. out of me. And then I mentioned it to someone the next day. And I'm like, oh yeah, he does that occasionally. It's like, thanks like for just the Like just a normal, up. Yeah, just a casual. Just, he just does that. He just like, does that, it's fine. Oh, okay, thanks. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, yeah, next time he does it, just get, get, just get his pen and then... Yeah. Whoa, like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> Now you're you're waiting for the next tour, yeah. which starts when? Sunday. So I go off to prep on Sunday. You go to prep on Sunday. Cool. Yeah. Where's that? Bedford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the prep's in Bedford because that's where the supplying company's coming from. So we go to their warehouse to prep it. Yeah. Cool. Go to Redditch, which is the because you're space. you're self-employed, aren't you? Yeah. yeah so, so I'm self-employed yeah. as a freelancer. Yeah. So I freelance for any video company yeah, that I'm cool. on the list for, and they'll basically say. Well, the way it normally works is you'll be on their contact list. Yeah. They'll go, oh, are you available between these dates and these dates? Yeah, I'm free. Cool. You're on this random crew. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You're off. What tends to happen now for me is because I work with the same team a lot. Yeah. The crew chief will just call me and go, we're doing this. Yeah. But, cool. Okay, cool. Great. So I always know everybody. Yeah. Because we've done multiple tours together. So. And that's nice. You become a little family. Basically. It's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. It's great. But we're sort of freelancing at the minute for an American company. So they're sub-hiring the kit off an English company. Mm-hmm. So we have to go to Bedford to yeah, sort cool. it all out. 
Yeah. And like prep it basically, just sort your cables out, make sure you've got everything, yeah. got your spares, make sure everything's labelled. Yes. Yeah. Labeling's a Label. big thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Label your shit. Label everything. I've got a whole pencil case just of Sharpies. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, mate, yeah, right. Sharpie and they take Because everyone be on the jobs know I'm quite a OCD about things, so they just let me do the labelling. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. We had a guy, well, he still works there, a guy called Alvin, he's a really good mate of mine, and he's he's like real particular about yeah. like thing and his boss loves it like because he's like so particular about the cable in like oh, yeah. the length of the cables like it's amazing cable you really need that so you the way it tends to work like you'll sort of fall into a specific role or you'll end up doing the same bit mm. each day so say someone will put the screen together or work with locals to physically build screen and mm. then someone will just put the cabling in and that, I tend yeah. to fall into doing cable management and that cool. sort of stuff. I mean, I can do all the other bits, yeah. but I tend to sort of fall into that, yeah. which is fine because I like doing that. That's bit. the bit you like yeah. sorting out, yeah. Yeah. And then the other guys I work with just sort of know that at a certain point when they need it, their cable's already there. Yeah. They just have to plug it in. and Yeah. It's, yeah. And that's why everyone has to be on the same team and know that if something goes down... Oh, it's sweet. Adam will, will have put the cable here. Yeah, yeah cool. exactly. Great. And you yeah. labelled your spares and you know where that yeah. is. Because the worst thing you want is five minutes before a show. And, oh, or during. Sp- yeah. <laughs> so it's during the show. a whole lot you can do about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apart from just manically run in. With there's, a, there's a couple of times um, when I was at Scam where I'd have to run on stage because a you know a hi-hat mic's come out of the kit. Yeah. And you just feel like a dick. Because you're like, there's like, who was it? Um Black Cherry? Who's the metal band? Cherry Black? Yeah, I think I know you mean. I can't Black, remember what they're called. Something Cherry. Yeah. Blackstone Cherry? Were, Blackstone Cherry, that's yeah. it. So they were headlining. So like everything's going well. And I just hear in my ears like Tom going, um, Dan, can you run out on stage and quickly plug that hi-hat mic back in? And I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> and then you just feel like such a dick running so on. So the odd occasion I do have to go on stage during the show, all I have in my head is do not fall over, do not yeah, fall over, do not fall over, because otherwise you're ending up on YouTube forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's all that's going to happen. You're going to be a meme. <laughs> like, yeah, you'll be a meme. It's fine. So because your next tour is, what, three weeks, did you say? No, it's two months now. It is in three oh, weeks. Oh, it's in... It starts on Sunday. It starts on Sunday. Cool. Yeah. So what, what is your day to day until you go on tour? Not a lot. You just do literally <laughs> I, sit around. I do a lot of Lego. Yeah. Uh, cool. My missus loves it when I do Lego because she says it's the only time I'm actually quiet. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or, um, yeah, I just mess around with stuff at my storage unit. I've sort of set up a little woodworking workshop and yeah, yeah just rearrange that and go do things, come do this. Because like, a lot of people don't realise that when, when the band aren't touring... You're not touring. No. Do you know what I mean? If Slipknot don't want to tour, that's it. Especially you... this time, because I can work for multiple artists and mm-hmm. so it does occasionally work out that you back to back to back to back tours. Like 2019, I think in the first six months of that year, I had uh, six days off, wow. something like that. And I just jumped from tour to tour. And that doesn't include travel days because you'll be no. going from the end of one gig, literally flying yeah, uh, I've done that before. Going as well. to the airport, yeah. flying, flying to the next gig, straight to another, straight to another yeah. gig. Yeah, but I'd finish a job, come home for like two days, and then go straight back out again, which was great at the time, the way it all lined up. But then it's rare it lines up that yeah nicely. Like that nicely so, yeah, there's normally if there's like a week off, it's a bit like oh, it's a little bit annoying. Yeah, so, do I go home? Yeah, like, <laughs> I always try and go home if I can. Oh but yeah, I'd love to get uh, mainly if I, I could bought, go home every night after a gig. I definitely do that. Oh, no, so I wouldn't do that. Would you not? No, I, I like the I fact that when I go on tour, I'm away. Yeah. Because it makes 
it keeps work and home completely separate. Yeah, I, I guess found, it does do that. When yeah. I was doing the film jobs, I was coming home each night, yeah. and every day it would get to like four o'clock, and I'd be like, I just want to go out, want to go out, I'm going to see my mates, want to go down a pub. But when I'm away, I'm I'm away. You know, yeah, yeah you're being so, paid a day rate. Yeah. You're there. But if everybody's like, oh, we're doing this weekend, there's no point in me getting. Oh, I really want to be there because mm-hmm. there's no physical way I can be there anyway. Yeah, so okay. it's like I missed my mate's wedding last year, yeah. which sucked. But I had cardboard cutouts of myself made. And oh, I sent you? those instead, <laughs> <laughs> like, which went down a street. That's <laughs> like, awesome. When um when my sister got married, it was when gigs started coming back. So before COVID, I started playing for a guy called Badly Drawn Boy, and he was he had a whole tour booked, and my sister's wedding was just at that dip of, you know, people coming out of COVID. Like we still had to wear masks at the wedding and stuff, but gigs were coming back as well. So I had to phone my sister and say, look, just to let you know, if gigs come back, I can't come to your wedding wedding because I'll lose the gig. Like I I won't be able to make the gig. And luckily I've got a family that really, you know, she was like, oh yeah, I understand. Like, and you know, a lot of of people would be like, you can't not miss your sister's wedding, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I was lucky when my sister got married that I'd, it just happened to fall in a gap because there was it was that was a very really? up in the air. But I had it. It it's weird because you say it's like a wedding or an event you can't go because you're away. Yeah. Unless maybe it falls on when you've got a couple of days off on that tour, mm-hmm. or but certain things you can get off tour for. Like yeah. I was in Saudi doing uh, when they first did the Formula One there twenty twenty one. They put on a big gig each night. DJs and I went out with the same guys I work with now but while I was there my granddad was really ill and my mum called me basically saying he hasn't got long left so I turned around to my mates and was just like what do I do they're like you're going home mm. and they just shoved, put me on a plane Great. and I was home yeah. so things like that it's fine and I've had it on a couple of jobs before where you'd be like oh where's such and such he goes oh he's got family emergency he's had to yeah. go so usually if it's like family things like, they're kind of right yeah they're it. fine yeah. with it because yeah. As everyone says, we've all got lives outside of yeah. touring. So that's what Chris was like. Chris, uh, who runs Scan, he he was very much like, you know, do the job, but if something comes up, you can. Yeah, you know, I'm not a complete dick. Exactly. <laughs> you know, he'll let you. He'll let you go. Well, my mate's wedding, I because I really did want to go to that one, um, but I did look into trying to come home for it, but it would have cost me four grand. Yeah. So I just sort of said to him, like, yeah, this ain't happening because we were in the states at the time, so I'd have to fly home, fly back out. Yeah. Pay another tech to cover me. Yes, yeah. Uh, that's out of my pocket as yeah. well. Get them there and back. And by the time I'd added it all up, it was insane. Yeah. It's like, I'll just send a cardboard cut out. It cost 120 quid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Suddenly that 120 quid for a bit of cardboard. Isn't I still think like... that's one of the best pieces of money I've ever bought that I spent. <laughs> it was great. You know what's funny? I did a podcast with Dave Allen two days ago. And he talked about making a cardboard cut out of him. Oh, I reckon yeah. that's a thing. Like, oh, I'm just yeah. going to get people on that have just some, at some point in their life have made a cardboard oh, yeah, cut it's out great. of <laughs> How would you do it? Who would you get in contact with? I just I found guess. a website. And they, a just, website. Like, they just do full size ones. Imagine that turning up on your door. I guess it's... Yeah. It folds down, but it's still a big package. The thing is, I have bought two of them. I've only got one of... size, yeah? Yeah. I've only got one of them back, though. So the other one is floating around one of my mate's houses. I don't know who's got it. Darts in it and everything. (laughs) Uh, Actually, my mate had a photo because he took one of the other guys at the wedding, took it back to his room just so that they wouldn't get lost. Forgot he'd put them at the end of the bed and woke up in the morning and shit himself because there's just two versions (laughs) of me staring at him. So when I put the advert out for this podcast and you got in contact with me, um obviously the the podcast is about 
anxiety while working in the music industry. So yeah. as a tech, how do you kind of get anxious or down about, oh, about working? Do you really? Well, do you kind of, did you second guess your job? Yeah. Really? So, well, it's a weird one because I'm quite an anxious person anyway. Yeah. So depending on what I'm doing on the jobs depends on how anxious I'm going to be. Like the crew yeah. I work with mainly, I'm quite lucky because they're older than me, more experienced, but they let me learn as I'm doing stuff. Cool. If I say, oh, I want to learn this, they'll let yeah. me do it. And I know that if it goes wrong, they can fix it. Yeah. Which is great. And then when I go do other jobs and say if I'm lead tech or I'm the one in charge of sorting all out the laptop, making sure it's actually yeah. physically working, I'm like, uh-oh. Like, yeah. Then I start second question in it. But yeah. luckily there's a lot of LED techs that we're all in like a same group chat. Yeah. So if anything happens, you can call someone. Cool. And, and there's yeah. always someone on the end of the phone. Someone on the phone. Which, which is crazy because... So you've got two parts of your brain there. One of them's going, yeah, fuck, you're going to fuck this up. You can't do this. And then the other part's going, it's fine. There's literally yeah. help on and the other also, end of the phone. And also, I know I've done everything right. Yeah. But it's still <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I actually had it recently. I was doing a little Naz's tour in November. Mm-hmm. And I was in charge of like all the programming and everything. And we'd had a couple issues with the system. i have been spent two days like working it, got it all working. And I was like, right, I've got a planning place in case it doesn't work. And I can switch to a backup system. I can do this. Yeah. And he was a bit late coming on stage. I was getting more and more anxious going, oh, shit, oh, fucking hell. Like, this doesn't work. Almost full-on panic attack. Yeah. Just trying to keep it to himself. Going, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. And then I suddenly thought, I don't know what the show's supposed to look like or when the content's supposed to start. <laughs> I <don't>, what, yeah. <laughs> oh, At no point in those two days did I actually thought to ask, oh, yeah, how does this show actually, like, start? <laughs> <laughs> like, when's the cue for it to start? Obviously, well, he, I'll say obviously, he's got this curtain and I was like, does the curtain open and then the content start? Well, how have I, so I'm there full on going like, oh. Right? So you're thinking, I hope he's later. I hope he's well, getting. <laughs> then he comes on and it starts and then the content starts. I'm like, okay, right. Ooh, yeah. Massive way off. And I'm looking around going, I assume this is what's supposed to happen because no one's come running over to me yeah, to go. Yeah, right. no one said anything. <laughs> yeah. fuck, 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 fuck. And then he had a costume change and they pause the content slightly and this was paused for a while and i was just thinking is this frozen oh, oh no. christ <laughs> like, oh, it wasn't it was fine but yeah because the um i don't control the content yeah someone else is doing that yeah yeah you'll have a server tech or someone who's doing yeah. the content or it's linked to lighting and that sort of stuff but i, so I said to him after it's like did you pause it it was like yeah we had to hold it slightly i was like okay right it's not just me yeah <laughs> like, shit yeah because i was like oh <laughs> I, I had that the first time I I did mics for a gig and I was just in charge of micing up a drum kit, mainly micing up kits and um, guitar cabs, which yeah. I was like, in here, fine, I do it all the time. But when you're on stage and like they've got that roll, revolving thing around the back, so they've got the, the band on stage and then the band behind oh, the stage yeah, yeah. And, they... and you roll that round. I was like, I sent that on my first drum kit and I was like, I'm pretty sure I patched them in all right. I'm 100% sure I patched them in all right, but I'm also 10% sure I didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you always second-guessing yourself until it starts and it works. You're like, oh, Christ. Until, unless there's someone... But you've always got someone in your ear going, yeah. uh, Dan, kick in and out uh, the wrong way around. Can you just run out and do it? And you're like, yeah, okay, fine. Like, That's always interesting, though, when you, you were saying about you build behind the curtain. Building it the wrong way around is interesting. Yeah, because you build it backwards. Yeah, you build it, it backwards spins. and then yeah. it'll spin, you'll go around yeah. in a big circle. Because yeah. I was doing another show, I was like... So the way LED works is you build stuff and then you program it. So mm-hmm. you physically with a laptop and do all that. And then 
but I hadn't learned that bit at the time and I was doing Rob Zombie's tour. Yeah. And the second show was download, second headlining second stage. <laughs> and it just me and this other guy. And we'd sort of been thrown in at the deep end on this tour going, you guys can deal with it. And I was like, okay. So I had to learn all the programming side in like an afternoon. Yeah. And I, was built, I didn't stop the whole day. Yeah. Built the whole system backstage got it all working and i had this big issue which i say big issue it was really simple now i know what it was yeah i just programmed it slightly yeah. wrong and i was there like oh god freaking out blah, blah. got on stage it worked and i was like oh, yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> but at one point i was ready to run out to front of house yeah and just right as the show's about to start because i was thinking oh it's definitely someone on his end and a mate turned around to get some of the best advice i ever got it's just adam just take a breath yeah breathe and then just work the problem yeah. like, oh so it's this 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 oh it's that yeah button sorted like, so if that happens on a on a show now what what helps you kind of get over that okay now i've done my job it's fine well i just take try and take a breath yeah work the problem logically from the start mm. i just think of it all as like a signal path. fault find yeah just and you just start it. at the beginning go so this is connected to this to connected to this to this and i've got a little monitor so i can plug it into different parts along yeah. the chain so i know where i yeah. can work out where the problem is yeah but then Another guy told me once, goes, no one's ever died because a rock show didn't happen. Yeah. Like, at <laughs> yeah, the end of, yeah, yeah, there's loads of pressure. <laughs> there yes. is doctors out there yeah, doing exactly. literally yeah. life-saving things. Yeah, it's bad if it doesn't work. Yeah. But you're not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, yeah. I do try and remember that. That is so. true. There was one guy on one of the scan gigs that, I can't remember his name. It doesn't matter what his name was. I don't want to call him out, but he couldn't handle pressure. Mm. Like as soon as it got like, as soon as one of the bands were late, Oh, um, we have to, um, we have to, let's prep the next band along so they're all ready to go. And he, he, just, he just flapped and he just couldn't, oh, no, this is bad. And you, just, and you just go, mate, go away. Go and take 20 minutes in, the, in catering and come back and be calm. We don't need someone backstage yeah. being like that. We just need people to like, take a breath. It's fine. Again, no one died because a rock exactly. show didn't happen. That'd be, sort of, that'd be the title of this It's podcast. also just sort of calm and take your time. And yeah. We were doing a show once and so the whole set was built and then the support band had their own led screen in mm -hmm. the middle of our set but we had to take this down in the changeover yeah. and it was only a half hour changeover and production were really worried about us getting this out in time right so me and one of the other techs really good friend of mine we just sort of sat down and went rather than getting everybody involved and all the locals and is let's just you and me do this yeah let's just do it ourselves as soon as the show like the support band comes off we'll dive on the back of the wall, rip out as much cabling as we can get to, yeah. dump that in a pile, and then we'll just start landing this down ourselves. Yeah. And we did it in eight minutes. Yeah. Because there was <laughs> like, two of you, yeah, and there was no us. one else there going, yeah. what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me the to do? The rest of the crew were like, do you need our help? Do you need our help? We're like, no, no, no. just stand there. No. We just need you to just move this over there. That's no. it. And we just landed it, job done. Yeah, like, same same with, with drummers. Like, you can, you can offer to give the drummer a hand, but the drummer is probably quicker at tearing down his kit on his own. Yeah, exactly. Than... You just kind of... And also you just sort of learn how other people work as well. Mm. If you work with the same people a lot, you know you what end their up, skills are, yeah. Yeah. Or you know when they're stressing out and you know when to leave them alone and you know Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's course. the thing with touring. It's as someone said to me once, it's like ten percent of what you know and ninety percent of being able to live with the other people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that's pretty much yeah. it. That's pretty like, much it. Being a nice person and Turning up on time mm. is 90% of the job. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because you can learn everything. You on can the learn job. everything. It's yeah. just, yeah. Can you sit on a bus with the same people for hours for on six end? Six months. Well, what was Slipknot? Three years. For three years, can you? Yeah. And that was a lot of. 
we did some mental journeys on that. Did many people come and go off that tour? Was there a, yeah, a lot of people uh, getting, not sacked, but you don't really get sacked, sacked do you? You, just, you get, just get sort of let go, don't you? Well, not even that, because you're not employed by Slipknot. You're employed by whoever, yeah, a lot, the, it's mainly freelancers. Yeah. A lot of that core crew stayed the same, mm-hmm. but then they kept swapping out different people because they were off on different jobs and it overlapped yeah, and that sort of yeah. thing. Uh, and Slipknot have their own guys that yeah, do yeah, Most back, bands will have, yeah, so you'd always have consistent backline guys mm-hmm. usually and then you may have front of house engineer that always stays of a yeah. monitor tech that always stays the same lighting engineer was probably... lighting engineer will maybe swapping them out we had a couple different ones you have the st- same stage manager yeah no actually oh really no, we went for quite a few wow yeah we had one guy in america so there were two no there was a leg of the tour that i didn't do before i joined apparently the stage manager on that was terrible Wow. First one we had in America was awful. Um, then we had... <laughs> How do they get these jobs? I have no mean? idea. Then we had another guy, uh, and he passed away during COVID, which sucked. Oh, he was really? a lovely guy. Oh, no. um, he was amazing. Uh, then we got the main guy that they use now. That dude's awesome. He's, like, he's one of the best in the industry. Great. Love working with that guy. Amazing. But he was already doing something else, so he was sort of in and out. Yeah. So you can get good stage managers and bad stage managers. Like, Yeah. We had... On Incubus, we had they had two stage managers. One of them was this was Big Eddie, and he he was Cliff Burton's best mate, and he was on the bus when Metallica had that crash and Cliff Burton died. Okay, and he was he was telling us these stories right where that night for some reason they swapped bunks, like so he stayed on the bottom and Cliff was on the top or whatever, and he. Honestly, when you first meet him, you're like, oh, that dude looks a bit scary. But then you start chatting to him and he's just got stories for days. And like, you'll be like setting up your guitar or whatever. And he just like comes and tells you a story about like, you know, when he's, when he was on the road with Metallica and stuff and all this. And you're like, man, you are the coolest guy I've ever met. In my whole yeah, life. you get some people like that. <laughs> it was so good. Like, but yeah, he tells us this story about, um, you know, him being on the bus when Cliff Burton died. And um, you just entranced to just like watching going oh my god this is like one of rock and roll's biggest stories yeah and you were there and you're telling me a guy from andover (laughs) (laughs) i don't deserve to be here yeah i do get i do have that some days on the job just kind of going how the hell did i pull this one off (laughs) (laughs) when you're sitting down and you're like there's slip not there there's a there's no in the well side of it there's laura marling sat there like and And you're like i used to work for a bank have I pulled this one off <laughs> like, again 90% not being a dick yeah exactly <laughs> that'll, that'll and just right it. place right time right just, place yeah. right time yeah yeah my sister wants me to sell her acoustic but the other day my dad just took me out and bought me that guitar and he was like I got really like not upset because like, I fucking love my dad right he took me out, got me that thing. You know, we've got some lunch on the way home and whatever. And it was like a nice day out. And then I dropped him off at home and he went, we went to pick his dog up from my nan's house, his mum's house. And then I dropped him off around the corner from his house. And as he was walking away with his dog, he lives on his own. He's just got like a little coach house. in. Yeah. And um, as he was walking away, I just got really like, oh, why do you think he's happy? Like on his own. Like I just got really like sad about yeah. it. I was like, oh man. And then everyone I've spoken to, like Drew knows him and, and like speaking to my mum and like my wife and stuff. And they've all been like, he is loving his life, like living on <laughs> yeah. his own. Like, would you like to live on your own? I was like, 
Yeah, probably actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably like loving life at the minute. But yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's just family that you, you think like, oh, fuck, I need to spend more time with them. And, yeah. And then you end up, stuff ends up coming in and you don't get to do it. And So my mum follows me about where I am around the world. Does she? Yeah. Mate, mum's... Love it, I've had that before. My mum's gone, oh, so how's such and such? It's like, we haven't got there yet. How do you know I'm there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She goes, oh, I'll track you on their website. Oh, okay. <laughs> when you're out on tour, have you ever had any proper meltdowns and not being able to do your job? Not meltdowns and not being able to do my job. I've... The problem with touring when you first start, you don't know anybody. It can be very lonely. Yes. Very isolating. Yeah. You're away from home. You're with a bunch of people you don't know. And like days off, you're like, what do I do? Yeah. Sit in a hotel room. Yeah. And then you sort of, you can fall into the, oh, I'll go out drinking with everybody. Yeah. And then you end up in that sort of. Yeah. Drinking way too much and then hung over and then. Yeah, having so, to do your job hungover having to fly all this stuff yeah like, well I've done that before chuck all these screens when up when I first started I say done that before when I first started everybody's done it like you've done jobs hungover mm. and you get certain tours that are a bit more party based than other tours mm. and now I work days I won't drink in the evenings yeah. or if I've got to work the next day I'll have one beer because I know I'm not doing it hungover yeah. anymore I just can't do it but it can be very isolating yeah and that gets hard yeah, like, that can you just be hard. Desperately want to go home, and you see you see things on Facebook like your family have gone for a meal. Yeah, and, like, or your mates are doing something. Your mates are doing then, stuff, and yeah, then, yeah, so, or it's your mates' wedding and stuff, and you're yeah. like, oh, and you're in you know Sweden in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I mean, this is great, but this is the hardest part of the this job. Is the is hardest bit of the job is being away because everyone else would be looking at your Instagram stories and stuff, going, "Wow, look at that!" Yeah, in, it's is, amazing. You know, like, you only ever put up the good bits. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just like, oh, great, another venue. Right, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I've got so, another motorway. I've yeah. been to Oslo three times, and I've never left the venue. Really? Yeah. yeah. I just I've walked out the back, <laughs> had a look in the distance, there's a mountain range there. One day, I'm going to go there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I've yeah. never left that venue. But yeah, I had it on one tour before where the video team were a bit weird, the other people I was working with. Didn't really get on with them. And there was one person that was just caused problems mm-hmm. and it was proper isolating. Yeah, yeah, at that point I debated quitting the industry. Yeah. Going back to my day job thinking this isn't worth yeah. it. Like I got through it and it was fine. And then I spoke to other people that I do know and they were like, Oh yeah, we know that person. They are always like that. They are a prick. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Definitely made me feel better. Yes. <laughs> like, they yeah. were like, Don't worry, it's not you. Because you start it, yeah, you do start thinking Am I the prick? Yeah. Am I the one that no one wants to talk exactly. to? Exactly. Because all I want to talk about is board games and yeah. <laughs> going for was, long walks. Because the people I work with now, they know the people I work with at that point, And they're like, oh, yeah, these people, are, they're like that. That's just who they yeah. are. Yeah. And it just happened to be that you were thrown in with a group of people. Yeah. Because you don't, at that point, if you're unknown, you'll just get put onto a job. Yeah. And you might not know who these people are. Yeah, You've course. never met them and you've got to kind of suss out very quickly yeah, who you get on with. Who and, you get on with, who you don't get on with. Yeah, who are the party guys, who are the party yeah, exactly. girls, who are, you know, who are the people that are going to get back on the bus and be like, right, let's get a line of racket out. And you're yeah. like, oh, I'm not really exactly. into that. Whereas now I'm a bit more confident in my place in the tour. I've yeah. been doing it five and a half years now, so yeah. there's a reason I'm still there. Yes. I feel better in myself now. Yeah. And especially as I work with the same guys all the, t- uh, all the time, go back to the bus, we'll all have a beer and then yeah. everyone will go to bed. Yeah. We're not really a party 
through occasionally. That's a, that's, but... a, that's a little misconception as well, that you get back on the bus at 2am and then you're up at 7am. Exactly. But you can't just get back on the bus and just lie down and go to sleep. No, because you're buzzing because you've yeah. literally finished work. you finished like, working, yeah. so you've and got then... to go and you have like a little beer or whatever and then a little decaf tea or whatever and then yeah. you just wind down for an hour or hour and a half. And, and then, then try go... and sleep and then you're up again. And then you're up again yeah, straight exactly. away. Yeah, up again straight away, like... straight into work and building again. Has your sleep pattern changed when you're not touring? Uh, do you, yeah do you kind of are you quite a night owl or i'm you... a night owl anyway um but i try and not sleep all day i try and get up and do things yeah, yeah. but then i still have that thing of going out till four o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. so i'm like i tend to sort of save all my party now to when i get home yeah and then i'll go out the rock house till like closing on a weekend and... yeah well that's your chance to unwind so and also that's like... i get to then see a bunch of people that i haven't seen in two months yeah so yeah, of course. But I tend to, or I try and get up and do stuff during the day when I'm yeah. home. Because being on tour, you can see how easy it is to, you know, someone be on the tour and they'll go, oh, do you want a little line of racket? Yeah. And you can see how, we, because there's nothing else to do. Once you've set up and you're waiting for the show, there's four or five hours there where you're like, Yeah, right, and I've seen that to... before and you can... It yeah, and you can, can be... proper spiral. Like Yeah, and also... It does get to a weird point. When you first start touring, you're like, oh, all these people are partying all the time. This is awesome. Like, maybe not get involved in that aspect or you don't want to mm. get involved in that. It's fine, whatever. But then you start doing it for a bit longer and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I want to be working next to that person. Yeah. Because if they're, say they've done a load of racket or they've been drinking all afternoon, yeah. I've got to move tons of equipment yes. that's above people's heads. Yeah. Now, I don't really <clears throat> trust them anymore to touch anything. Yeah. Because... As soon as something goes wrong, the first thing that's going to happen is a someone's going to get hurt, and b everyone's going to get breathalysed anyway because it's yeah. an insurance thing. So yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So it does make you a bit more. You cautious. sort of realise the longer a tour goes on, people start leaving and coming yeah, in. You start t- realising touring okay, is I- actually these days less. You find I found it less. That's maybe the tours I've done less partying in the afternoon kind of thing festivals yeah because yeah, the crew would just sat around for three four yeah, days and yeah. yeah festival is almost like a holiday for in the middle of a tour yeah well it depends if you're working a festival if you're going into the festival as a touring artist because like yeah so yeah. if you're coming into a festival it's just like any other show apart from it might be raining yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then but if you're working the whole festival, you could be there for like four days. You know, it's like you'd be there yeah. for like four days beforehand, setting yeah, stuff up, setting and then you're right. sleeping wherever. And then, yeah. yeah, luckily, I've only I managed to avoid doing a lot of that. Yeah, so I've only uh, done it twice, once, twice. It's it's hard to it's hard to see Glastonbury now as like a paying customer. If someone said to me, "Do you want to go to Glastonbury next year?" Tickets are four hundred oh, yeah. quid. Or whatever, do you want to go like, to this festival? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no thanks. I am not sleeping in a tent. It's funny like... when people when you when you go ah oh, when people go, "What are you up to this weekend?" and you go, oh, "I'm I'm working Glastonbury. I've got, I've got to be there Tuesday evening. And I'll yeah. be there till Monday." Or whatever. Oh, so you basically just get to go to Glastonbury for free? You're like, yeah. My Glastonbury experience is the complete opposite of yours. We've got nice toilets. Well, nicer yeah. toilets. <laughs> um, I get a bed to sleep in. I get nice food and stuff. I don't have to pay to be there. I don't get to see any of the bands. Yeah, exactly. I not see anything. <laughs> I, can't just leave, I can't just leave the say, sorry, Biffy Clyro are playing over there. I'm going to go watch them. I'm like, no, you're doing it. Actually, when I first started, like my first tour, we were doing like mainly festivals over the summer. And I was new to it, really excited. I was like, I'm going to go watch all these bands in the afternoon. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were headliners. So I was like, I'll get up and I'll go watch. Like, um, I saw you, a day to if remember. If you're headlining, you set up the night before. The headliners of a festival genuinely set up the night before. You either they? set up the night before or you do an overnight. 
Okay. So you yeah. go in as soon as the last band finishes at say say the headline of the Friday finishes at eleven PM. Yeah. They'll all load out. They'll be loaded up by say half twelve. Mm-hmm. Change the rigging points in the ceiling and then you'll go in at like two. And yeah. then you'll rig all, <laughs> You're all till, night. Yeah. yeah. Or you go in stupidly early in yeah. the morning. It depends what amount of kit you've got yeah depends on the stage manager for stage manager yeah exactly you, if they you reckon you can way. get it in in two hours like yeah i mean i had it once we were doing one of the slipknot Knotfest shows i can't remember where it was in europe but our trucks got stuck at the border the night before and oh, they turned we had obviously the black blackout curtain yeah the support bands were going on and we were building behind as no they, yeah, way we started building at 6 p.m <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. way and they went on stage at half past 10 <laughs> Wow, and we still great. got it all up and done, and it was all good. Yeah. It was all fine, <laughs> like yeah, oh, mate. Yeah, that's amazing. We had to build part of the LED screen in the changeover. We just wheeled it all into the set. We we had it dialed in pretty good. Yeah, at this point. day like, one of a tour, that's tough. But day one of the tour, yeah, but when you've through. been doing it for that amount of time, it was yeah. We just rolled it all in, connected it all up, banged in the cable, it, it, test it, it up. <laughs> like, it almost makes you think, why don't we just do this every day? We, we did say that. <laughs> and then <laughs> you're like, well, if later? something goes wrong, then yeah, you, it's you've, when, got, you've got less time to sort it. Yeah, because when you're having easy days and you're finishing early in the afternoon, you're like, why are we setting up so early? And then the day that something does go wrong, you're yeah. like, ah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's like, why. Yeah, Because we've got to wait two hours for this other part cable to come in. Or yeah. yeah, or you'll spend all afternoon climbing up the back of this wall trying to find a cable mm. that's not working properly. Do you ever get the question when you tell people what you do and people go, oh, what a Slipknot like? And you're yeah, like, all the time. never met them. Yeah. <laughs> like you could, you could do a tour with a band and you literally never meet them. I get that all the time. So, oh, what's this person like? What's yeah. this person what's like? What's Taylor like? Yeah. Like, like, what's it like to hang out with them? I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hang out with them. Yeah, yeah. And I also get... Um, when I say to people, oh, I might be able to get some tickets for like people. Like, oh, can we come backstage? No, yeah, no, <laughs> no, you can't. No, no, because you'll be a dick. Well, first of all, <laughs> when they say backstage, they want to go hang out with the artist. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't have access to anyway, no, nor do no. I want to. No. Because like, <laughs> no. I always look at it as the artist is like the managing director of a company. Yeah. Now he works for, well, you use the bank as an example. No one's working in the bank going, I want to go hang out with the managing director. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's just because they've been on TV. Yeah, more, like. <laughs> but they always go, "Oh, I want to hang out backstage." Cause... A lot of people don't realise that the band literally probably won't even turn up. They'll be in their hotel until you know half an hour before they go on. Yeah, well, and a couple they, hours well, or so. Not, I guess they got makeup and get ready and stuff. But even that doesn't take very long. Does not? No, not really. Um, How long does it take them to get ready? Oh, night. Is there nine of them still? Yeah. Uh, don't know. Maybe. I mean, they've got their makeup pretty dialed in these days. Yeah, probably do it in about yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. If awesome. that. You'll see them, if you're on a bus tour like that, they have buses as well. So yeah, you see them knocking bus. about during the day yeah. and a couple of them would come down and say hello. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we're not saying that these artists are obnoxious and they don't want, they they, no. they appreciate that you're there and they'll say hello and stuff, but it's not like you're sat backstage playing PlayStation with them. No. Like, you're not playing that FIFA with them. Doesn't and, you know, you're, happen. you're working. One of the guys in Slipknot used to be a tech though. Really? Yeah. Autumn. Uh, so he comes down all the time. Great. He's always about, he's a lovely bloke. And yeah. There was one, there was one thing on um, one of the techs on Justin Timber. I think he's working on Justin Timber. I think, yeah, let's use Justin Timberlake as the example. But apparently, yeah, it was Justin Timberlake for sure. I've got another Snoop Dogg one as well, which I don't know if I can say on podcast. 
I might say it and bleep it out. Yeah, because um, <laughs> yeah, I want to hear this story. Yeah. I'm wondering if this Justin Timberlake story is going to be the same as the one I've heard. This is a good, this is a nice guy, Justin Timberlake story. So yeah. apparently he's a super nice guy and he, um, he'd come down and say hello to the techs and stuff. And he starts, um, at one time, he started helping like with the unload. Yeah, and his manager came out and he was like, get the fuck, like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, what? And they're like, mate, if you break your hand, yeah. this no, whole heard. tour is done. Yeah, I've, I've heard he does that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you think, yeah, shit, if something <laughs> happens to him, that's it. We'll, we we lose out on a whole show. Like Show, tour, run, yeah. I had it before with one artist uh, where we were supposed to be out for a certain amount of time. And then it wasn't selling very well. Right. So they cut a load of shows. Oh. <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay. So we're going home slightly earlier. Yeah. We actually got paid, I think, to the end of it. But, that's yeah. right. But that was interesting because we just got given tickets every night. We'd all pop into production, okay, get yeah, given right, 10 a, tickets, go, and, go get rid of them. Wow. Yeah, they gave like, for one night, lighting, audio and video. Did you say who it was or do you not know who it was? Oh, I know who it was. Oh, I don't okay. know if I should say it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, don't, um, don't say it. Tell me off pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you, you can bleep it. Yeah, yeah bleep, it was, I'll bleep it. When we did the O2. No way! He couldn't sell it. Because the basic ticket for like standing was like a hundred quid. And they released the tickets three weeks before the tour. So no one had like Jesus, had any I thought chance. that would have sold. Same. <laughs> like, That's gonna be a funny bleep because it's yeah, gonna be bleep, yeah, and then we're gonna yeah, be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, each department was given like a hundred tickets for one of the shows and just told to go get rid of them. And just please go get rid of these. We oh I my used, God. used to go in because we did so many nights at the O2. We'd finish the show, go to productions, grab a beer, and then go back to the hotel, which was next door to the O2. Yeah. Can't remember what it's called. It's a really nice hotel. Um, but we'd, as we went back to production, got a t- they'd always give us some tickets to say, can you get rid of these for tomorrow? Give them to people. So we used to pop out the front of the gig and go up to like the coffee vendors and people like that and just be like, do you want Draw tickets? tickets. They loved it. Yeah. I tried to give them to some coppers once. <laughs> That was they, quite funny. They might think it was a bribe. Well, no, because I said to them, they were like, just happened to be next to us as we were giving out tickets. And they were yeah. just asking why we had tactical radios on us. Because roadies always have, a, you'll always see a roadie with a radio so we yeah. can communicate across the, mm-hmm. the arena. And they were, oh, why have you got a, a Leatherman on you and a radio? I was yeah. like, oh, I'm one of the techs. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah. cool, fair enough. And as a joke, I was like, do you or the missus want tickets? Because we can't get rid of these. And they were like, well, we're not actually allowed to accept them. I was like, well, yeah, I assumed you couldn't. Yeah. But I thought about What if ask. I leave them on the floor? Yeah. And, then, and they were, oh, well, we'll do you for littering then. Yeah. Oh, all right. like, <laughs> yeah, we were really struggling to get rid of tickets on that one. Yeah, oh, that's like, crazy. That's a crazy who that was as well. Uh, that's another one. Join where... my Patreon to find out who that was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm never going to work again. I'll bleep out. That one was interesting, that tour. Because we were saying about you can go down that hole of partying. That tour, uh, we all did on that. Because he doesn't like, that artist doesn't like to tour a lot. So right. you were doing multiple days in the same venue. Yeah. So you just sort of finish, go back to the hotel, yeah. and then just drink until four or five in that the morning was, and have a party. That was good. We were playing Brixton two nights in a row for one of, the, one of these bands I was playing for. And it was so nice after we played, Put all our down. stuff just got pushed back and then we just cool there's no then the second day was just like oh there's no setup we can we yeah. got longer in catering or whatever. we had one day where we the crew chief was like right, everyone come in at 11 we'll turn on the system check it all works came in at 11 everyone's still hung over 
I was still pissed. And he's like, right, everything worked? Cool. Right, everyone go back to the hotel and go to bed. (laughs) And I'll see you here at six. (laughs) And that's the kind of crew chief you want. You you want someone that's very, like, knows. After that tour, a lot of us went, we're not doing that again. Like, that was a good laugh for that tour. But it's too much. You can't sustain that level. When I was working at a theatre, I was a sound engineer at a theatre in Basingstoke. And there was a girl that started and she was a, she was a follow spot. So she was, she was doing that. Yeah. And she went, yeah, I've just done three months follow spots on Bill Bailey. And I was like, oh mate, what was that like? And she went, well, after the first show, it was boring. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, because it's the same show over and over again. Yeah. And she's just like following him around the stage. And on the face of it, that sounds like an amazing job. I bet that was so boring. I bet you're literally half texting, half like just following around like... Oh, I've know. done that before. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're definitely not working on no, So I was doing one of the... I st- we ended up doing a couple of these Saudi gigs and I was doing a front of house camera, the big one you see with... Yeah. Yeah. But it was for a DJ. Oh. The DJs don't really do it. <laughs> they, they don't really move. move. They sort of move left and right. <laughs> so at the end, I was just sort of rolling cigarettes and filming with my knees. <laughs> right. like, yeah, because we had eight or nine cameras, so it wasn't just my camera that they were using the whole time. Yeah, but they could, yeah. That was quite funny. It is funny. Um, we had Ellie Golding at Glastonbury one year headlining, and the band were incredible. Like The lighting was incredible. The sound was incredible. The monitor engineer was just sat on his desk, just playing a game on his phone, right? And I, I remember looking at him and I could see him looking at his phone. Ellie Golding and the band are, you know, they're giving it their all and stuff. The lights look amazing. Yeah. He was behind the screen, so the crowd couldn't see him. And he was just sat there on his phone and all the magic was just lost. And I could just see the Glastonbury crowd going mental. I'd Whatever, I don't know my songs. Um, they're all dancing and singing along and he's just sat there playing Angry Birds or whatever on his phone. And I was just like, he has been on tour for years he just does not oh, give a I've shit done that, yeah especially with the slipknot crowds it can get quite rowdy yeah of course like but they're all out having the time of their lives yeah. loving to see their favorite band and you've got a load of texts like just off stage that you can't see just i bought a load Te- of stuff off ikea texting their wives yeah, yeah. sorting out I, stuff. I play oh, solitaire quite a lot i've basically furbished my entire flat while i was on tour <laughs> yeah, i just going for yeah. the ikea website like, yeah. it's funny you get off stage like i just did some shows in um in holland and i just played this show and it was awesome lovely little venue like a nice little like acoustic thing i got off stage came back had a phone call from my wife saying there's a there's a leak in our kitchen what what do i do about it and i'm like oh yeah i've got to sort shit out yeah (laughs) we've all got actual work to do like yeah yeah, i've had that on a tour before and my land or letting agent call goes oh we think your flat's leaking into the one below like I'm in America right now. There's not a whole lot I can do yeah. about that. Uh, yeah. Let me call me dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Dad, can you pop around my flat and check that? Just <laughs> like, check this out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, Just right. plate spinning, mate, as <laughs> well as doing your job. You often think like, ah. Oh, it would be nice just to have a normal job sometimes, just somewhere where I can just like work in an office. I go there nine to five and then come home. And then Emma, my wife, will always go, yeah, but after three weeks, you'll be bored of that. Oh, after about like, six, yeah, about six hours, I'll be bored of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, did it though. That's the thing. Like a lot of texts, I always say to a lot of texts, I had a, I had proper jobs before. Yeah, yeah. Even though what I do is a proper job, but I've yeah. had the I've had the nine to it's, five. It, it's funny to call you know a manager of McDonald's a proper job. Yeah, or my dad's a plumber, so he's got a proper job. Whereas 
you don't really see music as a proper job, but it no, is. Even like, though it is a it, it is huge a hard, industry. Hard like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's massive. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's so many roles in it that you can... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not just bedroom keyboard player and then Ed Sheeran. There's yeah. like this whole middle section. There's this whole other like, bit the, and there's whole the, much stuff you've got to learn. Yeah. That was like when I first started, that was a baptism of fire because I came from photography and I taught myself photography and then moving into doing cameras yeah. from that level, I didn't know what the connectors were called, yeah. how you get, like, I don't know what the blue thing is. That <laughs> I know it is this, but it, the technical term is something else. Yeah, and yeah. You're asking someone sounding like an idiot going, can I have the blue one, please? Yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah, like, yeah. what do you mean? Oh, you mean that? Right, okay. <laughs> someone asked me um, the first gig I did, one of the techs went, oh, can you put all the, the 240 volts in there and all the 120 volts in there? And I was like, I don't know which one's which. And you pick up the yellow ones and he's like, wrong ones. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I did find, I was never embarrassed about asking questions because I thought if I don't know, I'd rather uh, ask. I, I always got quite embarrassed asking. Well, I, that's my, my imposter syndrome coming in going, right, what am I doing here? Like, oh, they're yeah, going to find that. out that I can't peel a bit of masking tape off, you know. Like. But I always thought it's better to ask and then someone take the piss, but I've learned something yeah, true, than yeah. to fuck it up. Because I could have potentially blown up a whole stage once. Oh, really? Yeah. You you um, plug all the power lock into the, uh, the MIDI controller. Yeah, that was it. So I plugged all... <laughs> I didn't know about power. And yeah. I'm not great with power. Yeah, um, no. I tend to let other people deal with it. Uh, but we were at some festival... I think I can't remember which one it was, and they were like, "Oh, we've got to extend all the power lock. Power lock's really thick yeah. uh, electric. It's cable. horrible. It's the worst cable. It's really heavy as well, especially it. when it's cold. Yeah, especially when it's cold and muddy yeah. on the Glastonbury <laughs> stage. Like, you're like oh. but we're plugging all that in, and I didn't know or didn't even think about plugging in the earth and neutrals first. So I just plugged in all the colours, which was actually So I just plugged in like black first, and then but this was just extending cable. It wasn't plugged into anything on the yeah, other end. Cool. But and it could have, like, it could have I mean, blown been, but... everything up. And I said to someone, like, does it matter what colour? They're like, what do you mean? So, because I just did that, like, you, what? <laughs> like, oh my like, god! Oh. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. it wasn't plugged in. So from then onwards, I just didn't touch power. <laughs> but that is a learning curve. That you'll yeah, never it could do have that been again. a very expensive learning <laughs> yeah, it curve. Been a very expensive yeah. learning curve. Yeah. I'll tell my Snoop Dogg story that I can kind of remember. Um, I might cut it out. There was one. I, the sound company I worked for did Snoop Dogg for like one of the shows and uh, for one of the tours. And the last shows, he was flying from like France to like helicopter, France to England, the UK. Let's, let's do that, right? France to England. And um, Snoop phones up his tour manager and says, um, bear in mind, he's getting a helicopter on the day from, the, from venue to venue or from wherever he is. Phones up his tour manager and goes... Um, yeah, Snoop Dogg's not getting on this um, helicopter until he's got £10,000 in cash. <laughs> right. And this manager goes, okay, cool. So they had to fly another helicopter with a briefcase of cash over to Snoop Dogg, give him this briefcase and go, right, there you go. All right, Snoop Dogg's on the helicopter now. Cool, he's on there. Um, now he wants 10 girls backstage um, when he gets there. Is that all right? And the tour manager's like, yeah, that's fine. That's great. And the tour manager had to go to a runner and go, can you get me 10 girls to, to be just hang out backstage? And then the tour manager said, can you get me 20? Because 10 of them won't be good enough for him. And I was like, I've heard stories what? of things like that. Yeah. You're like, 
fucking obviously he wants to go backstage and give them all a thousand pounds and you know just yeah. be like probably it's probably like a promotional thing for whatever but you just hear these stories and you go right how do you get from having like crippling stage anxiety to that yeah <laughs> it's, it's just weird, like, isn't i'm it? not getting on my own helicopter until i get ten thousand pound in cash it's like can't we just meet you at the venue no i've got to have it well i remember someone told me a story once of say the artist yeah it was rihanna because i think it was rihanna anyway i wasn't on the tour but apparently she'd stay in her dressing room after the show and party and everyone was mm. waiting and her assistant wouldn't go in there because they needed to get a case or something. And every night it was a big palaver trying to get the case out. And then I think her assistant changed. They had this new person and this new person went, well, I'm going in. And they were like, you can't, you can't, it's Rihanna, you can't disturb her. She's having a party. She went, well, I don't care. We've got to load the truck. We've yeah. got to get out of it. Yeah. She just went in and went, can I have the case? And Rihanna was like, yeah, of course. No one had ever told her that it was an issue. Everyone was so scared. Oh, really? Yeah. She was apparently was absolutely fine with it. Didn't think it was a problem at all. Because everyone was so terrified because yeah. it was Rihanna. Yeah. No one had said anything. It, it, like, it, it just becomes a thing. It and becomes then, a and thing. And then people start going, oh, I hear about Rihanna. Yeah, apparently no one's allowed in her dressing yeah, room. You know, it becomes like a thing not, like that. It's actually because someone's too scared. Or There was one with, with Taylor Swift where people were saying, oh, you're not allowed to talk to Taylor Swift. You can't talk to Taylor Swift. Like, you know, if she's on a show, you don't, don't talk to her mm. backstage and stuff. But it turns out that it was her manager saying leave Taylor alone because she's getting into yeah. thing mode. But Taylor will happily chat and she'll say hello. Oh, but yeah. it's just her manager trying to protect her from like, you know, someone yeah, running up. You find that uh, labels and things, executives will say, oh, you can't do this, yeah, you can't do this. Do when that, actually the artist doesn't give yeah, a the artist shit. Yeah, the artist doesn't give a shit. Like I told her Nickelback and as much as people slag Nickelback off, they are the nicest guys in the music industry. It's so industry. weird with that Nickelback thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's like just people, popular to not like Nickelback. It's just funny to not like them. Yeah. It's like, have you ever heard a Nickelback record? They sound incredible. Yeah, like one of the highest selling artists of the <laughs> I 2000s. Know. Like, I know. But they maybe, are such nice guys. Apart from Slipknot, maybe, yeah, probably, who's the biggest rock band? Do you reckon it's Slipknot at the minute? I think it depends Metallica? on... Yeah, because are Metallica doing download like two sets this year or something? Are they? Apparently. I think it's Metallica. Yeah. I think it depends as well because you've got Foo Fighters are always going to be... Foo Fighters are always going to be um, yeah. up there, aren't they? I think it's difficult to sort of pin it down. Of Yeah, but Slipknot are definitely... Big. They've kind of You'd crossed over. You'd be surprised who, how many people like Slipknot. Yeah. Always... yeah how many people like... Because they've created this sort of pop metal genre that's really... Yeah. Like they're pop songs essentially, but just really real, heavy, real heavy, yeah, real, real heavy and huge drums. But they've kind of crossed over into that pop realm. Yeah, well, they're definitely more popular than you'd think. Yeah, because I f find when I say to people, "Oh, but with this artist, this artist," and they go, "Oh, not heard of that one. I've not heard of that one." Slipknot's Slipknot, the one that yeah. most people have go, yeah. oh, "I've heard of them," mm -hmm. and people you wouldn't expect either. Yeah, like, like I'm sure my mum's heard of Slipknot. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, she might not have heard of Metallica, but you know what I mean? It's... That's one thing I do find very strange is like the artists I used to listen to as a kid yeah. and now I'm working with them. And now they're like, That's... they're there. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this is. It was mad. We had like catering and then Brandon Boyd just sat in front of you, just like chatting about shit. Yeah. And you're like chatting to him, like, you know, just being normal and stuff. But in your head, you're thinking, I used to listen to your records singing along to your voice yeah. wanting to be you yeah. <laughs> and now i'm just having a burger like in germany with i you, had like... that with um a day to remember so yeah. when i first started touring i was just saying like, i used to go to try and see all the bands yeah and i kept wanting to see a day to remember and i 
see bits of their show. Still never seen the full show. Right. Saw bits of it. And then I kept bumping into them in catering and around. Yeah. But it got to the point where I sort of stopped going to see them because they were clearly looking at me going, who's this young guy who's just sort of <laughs> yeah. following us and popping up everywhere? Yeah. They didn't know that I was teching for one of the yeah. other bands. Yeah. Yeah. But I kept bumping into them in weird places like the Bergline. I kept bumping into one of them in the toilet and things like yeah. that. And it got to the point where I was thinking, oh, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it does get a bit like, oh, they, they might must know I'm on the show. They yeah. must know. They can't just think I'm some fan that's happened to get into every yeah. show. Well, they must have thought that as well because they came off stage one day and I think the way the festivals happen to be, they were all, every band seems to be doing the same festival just in a yeah. like, move. Yeah. And it was always them and then Blink-182 and then Lincoln Park. Cool. And I was working with Lincoln Park. Just to name drop some more. Yeah. <laughs> That's another problem always. Get people go, oh, you're just name dropping. Well, these are my bosses. Well, this, it's hard, yeah, these, to, it's hard these, to not talk about. Yeah, it. yeah. But yeah, so when I two security guy, I was just a really nice bloke. Yeah. Got on really well with him. And as a data member came off stage, I left to go back to catering as well. They all fist bump him, look back again, thinking he was this weird guy, and I fist bumped yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, well, he cool. clearly knows someone. Cool. Like, You're in. Yeah. I'm in there. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Going back to the name dropping thing, you always feel like a dick, like yeah. going, oh, what are you up to? Oh, I'm just about to go on tour with Badly Drawn Boy. And they're like, what? Bad, the Badly Drawn Boy? Yeah. And then you just, you feel, you, but you can't exactly go, oh, I'm just going on tour with some artist. Because then... You they want feel to know, like, yeah. The, the, you feel you're downplaying it well, they, to like try and be to, modest or whatever. Well, to punters, as you sort of say, they see it as, oh my God, that's amazing, you're going on. Yeah. Whereas once you've been in the industry a while, you must find this as well. It's just another artist. Yeah, it's it's just artist. someone else. I remember like, the first time it happened, I can't remember what show I was at. It was, the, it was probably, it might have been Download, but I was just backstage and I was like, I had some cable in my hand or whatever, like covered in mud. I looked up, Bradley Cooper was walking towards me and he just looked at me and went, all right, like, you know, give that, that, yeah. like, that half smile of like, all right. And I did the same back to him and I was like, oh, that's Bradley Cooper. And it, it was just like another dude. It wasn't yeah. like, oh my God, that's Bradley Cooper. It was just like, oh, it's just Bradley Cooper. It's just like, they're just people backstage and it's just such a normal thing. And again, this sounds like name dropping, but it really doesn't mean to be like that. It just means it's, we're trying to get across the point of how normal it is. It's like, just everyone's how normal just it a human. Yeah. Everyone's just a human. And they're just sitting backstage, going to the same, pissing in the same toilets you are, eating the same food you are. Yeah. And they just happen to be working at the same job you're working, you know? It's always a nice touch with, I think it's Harry Styles always thanks his crew every night. Does he? That's a nice touch. That's nice. Yeah, that's really nice. A lot of them would, will just walk off stage and. Yeah. And they'll, they'll see you in the day and they'll say hello and they'll stuff. They'll say hello and stuff, but it's rare artists will thank their crew. Yeah. And. That goes a long way. Yeah, that does definitely goes. I make sure after, I don't know if you see my day in the life videos. Yeah, they're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I really like those. Like... But yeah, I'll always go and thank the sound yeah. engineers and stuff. And But you come from that environment. Yeah, but I've yeah. come from that. So I, I know how much they'll be like, oh, who's this dude? Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Who's, who's, I don't know who this dude is, but he's just thanked me. So It's another point of like trying to be nice to everybody on yeah. the tour because you don't know when you might need help or that person's yeah. help. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You, and because it's such a, it really is quite a small industry, really. Yes. Yeah. People will be doing the same shows. And then you'll go and do another show, and like Natalie and Brulia's crew, oh, that's the guy from yeah. Guy Garvey's crew or whatever. You know, that. Your the, reputation all, is. Yeah. Follows you around. A and, lot. You, and you turn up to a gig. If I turn up to a gig and I see who the front of house engineer is, I'm like, oh, cool. We're in good hands here. I, yeah, know, exactly. I know this dude. I know he used to work for Chemical Brothers or whatever. Um, 
yeah, you kind of, you definitely have a big reputational thing here. I kind of aspire to be the musician that when people see me, they go, okay, cool, Dan knows his shit. He's, we're, yeah, we don't have to really be well, fine. He's not going to sit like playing like all sound check or whatever. He's going to like do his shit and then go yeah. or whatever. So yeah, that's, that's really comes back to don't be a dick. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you, you got just, gotta be a nice guy don't be a dick yeah (laughs) right i reckon we can wrap this up here yeah um you had fun oh yeah best podcast you've done all day (laughs) (laughs) first one i've ever done (laughs) and we've learned from this don't be a dick yeah (laughs) well mate thanks for coming in thank you for having me um cheers yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's always weird ending a podcast because we're about to literally just stop the mics and then probably just carry on chatting yeah all right no thanks mate it's all right that was Adam Knowles talking on the Stage Fright podcast. If you would like to help out the show, please sign up to my Patreon where, for the price of half a coffee a month, you'll get early access, ad-free, higher quality versions of the pod, as well as some extra bonus bits and conversations. Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. Email me any thoughts and ideas you might have for the pod, or the, the poddy, as I call it sometimes, <laughs> the poddy. All right, Stage Fright at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at Instagram at whatever it is, the Stage Fright Podcast, nice and easy. Anyway, thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, no one listens to this bit anyway.